part seven of the american far west seven mid-nineteenth century views from abroad by anonymous this librivox recording is in the public domain part seven far western miners the honest miner one autumn a year or two ago in pursuit of my travels i struck into the wild mountain region of southern oregon just north of the california boundary line i had not gone far on the trail before i overtook a stalwart gray-shirted knee-booted individual he had a pack of scarlet blankets strapped on his back and as he trudged along for want of better company he held an animated conversation with himself an oath being most innocently introduced every now and then when the merits of the case seemed to call for it he was an old gold digger returning to his favorite creek he had been off on one of the usual digger wild goose chases after some fancied el dorado at a distance but was returning disappointed to the place where he had mined for many a year every locality was familiar to him as we walked together over the mountain or by the banks of the creek or stream down in the wooded valley my companion would point out to me with a half regretful pride the places where big strikes had been made in former times pointing to a ruined log cabin out of the door of which a coyote wolf rushed he assured me that the owner of that cabin had washed some forty thousand dollars out of a patch twenty or thirty yards in extent was he a white man i asked for there are numbers of chinese miners in that section of country wall was the reply not much he wore a dutchman in pacific coast parlance it appeared a white man did not altogether refer to the color of his face but to the quality of his soul and meant a good feller and a right sort of man and that dutchmen or germans and the inhabitants of the north of europe generally are not classed under that title they are too saving too steady and possibly too clannish for though he does become an american citizen as soon as he arrives this is with no view to any political principles he entertains but solely to facilitate the preemption of land and the acquisition of a lager beer brewery or the opening of a corner grocery canyon creek as the locality was named had once i was told been a bully old diggin but the stream having been pretty well washed out the miners had decamped to parts unknown leaving no address behind them like the arabs they folded their tents and silently moved away here was a half-ruined building choked up with weeds bearing record that it had once been the el dorado saloon in other words a gambling hell or worse and around it were a few cabins this had been the town site and the projectors no doubt imagined that it was to be the right smart chance of a city however fate had decided otherwise and the only traces of former greatness to be seen were piles of stones and gravel and long trenches and half-ruined ditches which gave the spot the appearance of a place where some great engineering operations had been left half finished here and there a solitary chinese slunk about intent on his own business and if my companion were to be believed in pursuit of stray cats as we turned a corner of the rough trail we suddenly emerged in front of the store by the door was sitting half a dozen of the old habitues of the creek lazily talking my friend was delighted there they are he cried loafing about chawing backy just as natural as anything 
he seemed to be a popular man among them as his friend friendships are quickly made in the west i was received with vociferations of welcome and the choice of half a dozen shanties to spread a blanket in in this way i saw a good deal of the honest miner of canyon creek and learned not a little of his ways of life and thought in this lonely little dell in the californian mountains of course we have all read about the miner in california british columbia or australia about his extravagance his boisterousness and his conduct generally and we are all too apt to think of him only as the roistering blade in the palmy days of eighteen forty nine or eighteen fifty three when gold could be had for the picking up the typical miner in eighteen sixty nine is a very different man from that of eighteen forty nine even though he be the same individual no longer do you as a rule see the many fine-looking handsome fellows in the early days of california fifteen or twenty years ago they were all young then but hardship has told upon them for in many cases they have pursued with varying luck that business of gold digging ever since the forty-niners are the blue blood of the coast but they are proverbially poor accordingly these men among whom i associated on canyon creek were very different from our usual notion of the gold miner but were yet at the same time very characteristic types of what is well known on the rocky mountain slopes as the honest miner he is a peculiar individual and differs in many respects from the settler of late years enter his cabin and there is always indubitable evidence of a miserable life of single blessedness the gold digger is almost universally unmarried the rough blanket-spread cot the axe-hewn table with its scanty array of crockery the old battered stove or fireplace built of clay and stones the inevitable sack of flour half sack of potatoes and junk of pork the old clothes and old boots and a few books and newspapers go far in making out the extent of the miner's worldly possessions a little patch of cultivated ground enclosed by old sluice-box lumber is sometimes an accompaniment as well as a dog a cat or a few fowls the inhabitant of this cabin is often rough gray and grisly he came out twenty years ago and his residence has with few exceptions always been on the gulch where we now find him probably it rejoices in the euphonious name of horse beef bar bulldog point jackass gulch or groundhog's glory by these names it may or may not be found on the surveyor general's map but at all events it goes by no other he does his trading at a store at diggerberg credit he calls jawbone and talks about running his face for grub but sometimes this is objected to by the storekeeper as the gulch is not paying well and behind the counter you may see a mule's jawbone significantly suspended and below the words played out here the honest miner purchases a few pounds of flour a little tea coffee and brown sugar and as much as he can buy of whiskey he can tell where all the rich spots have been in the rivers bars gulches and flats but that was in the glorious wicked cutting shouting fortune-making times of yore he can't tell where there are any rich spots now he is certain there is a rich quartz ledge in the mountain yonder and if he could get water on the flat he is sure it would pay good wages excess of fortune spoiled him in forty nine 
economy is a myth with him and he cheerfully entertains half a dozen friends though his magazine of provisions as well as of money be in an advanced state of exhaustion his supper cooked he thinks of home that is the home of twenty years ago in reality he has no home mentally he sees the faces of his youth fresh and blooming but they are getting old and withered now he sees the peach orchard and the farmhouse from which he wandered a young rover when first the news of golden california burst upon the astonished ears of the world that home is now in the hands of strangers were he to go east as he calls it he would find himself a stranger in a strange land he thinks he'll go back some time or other fortune occasionally favors him a trifle more than usual and then he may make a trip up to the bay as he calls san francisco he stops at the what cheer house he may be seen there by hundreds poor fellow he came here to enjoy himself but he doesn't well know how the novelty of the city wears off in a day or two without occupation his routine of life broken he becomes a victim to a disease for which the french could alone have invented a name ennui at night he can go to the theatre but by day he sits in rows in the hall of the hotel crowds the entrance and sometimes blocks up the street if he have money enough and be so inclined he may go on the spludge and possibly get drunk but that with this class of minor is not very likely his face wears an expression of wild bewilderment and intense weariness unaccustomed to the hurry and bustle of the city he collides frequently with the denizens of the metropolis the spruce fashionably dressed frizzle-headed clerks who flit by excite in him feelings of contempt and indignation the swarms of youthful females in the streets astonish delight and tantalize him it is something so new to him there are few on jackass gulch and they would be better away when he knew frisco it was not much more than a collection of cotton tents on some sand hills now it is a fine city of one hundred and fifty thousand inhabitants females were almost unknown and the announcement by a steamboat proprietor of four lady passengers to-night was quite enough to ensure a crowded patronage for his vessel but the digger of the auriferous soil often leaves the city with the knowledge that the world has gone far ahead of him during his lonely residence in the mountains he had far better not have come in diggerberg he is somebody in san francisco he is lost among the crowd or at best is only a rusty old miner those who thus contemptuously talk of him forgetting that he and such as he were the founders and are yet to a great extent the stronghold of california i fancy i do not really wrong the honest miner in saying he does not possess much religion yet if a clergyman by any chance come into his camp he makes a point of attending meeting on much the same principle and with feelings of about equal reverence with which he would go to a dog-fight or a tight-rope performance because he looks upon it as the right thing to patronize the affair if the parson look on as he is washing for gold he will ask him if he would like to wash out a pan and as this invitation is usually accepted the worthy fellow will contrive to slip in among the gravel a tolerable nugget so that the washer may be nothing the worse for his clerical visit custom in such cases providing that the contents of the pan go to the visitor 
at one time there was a revival of religion among the miners never was there such a demand for tracts indeed so great was the demand that a special appeal had to be issued by a certain religious body whose mission it was to look after such matters for increased contributions to the dear gold diggers tract fund to use the words of the appeal the cry comes o'er the western wave more tracts more tracts at last the painful truth oozed out though i hardly think it was related at the may meetings that the miners used the tracks to paper their log shanties a friend of mine whose lot it was to officiate as a clergyman among them at one time used often to tell me that he had to ring a bell in the morning all through the apology for a street inviting his parishioners to divine worship and that finding nobody in church when he came in he first looked into one gambling saloon or tavern and then into another inviting those assembled there to come to church all right parson would be the good-natured reply we'll go there as soon as we played out this hand for the whiskies just be goin ahead with the prayers and things and we'll be along for the preachin this taking of drinks is characteristic of the miner no bargain can be made or any other matter of business or sociality settled without the indispensable drinks the same clerical friend whose experience i have just related was shocked on his first arrival among the miners at being asked to stand drinks after he had received a very liberal subscription towards the building of his church two mining companies that i know something about threw dice to determine which of them should treat the whole creek to champagne and as that wine was sold at fifteen dollars per bottle the cost to the loser may be guessed in most mining localities it is looked upon as a cause of mortal offence to decline drinking with the first fellow who shouts let's put in a blast colonel in some places it is quite a serious breach of etiquette not to ask all who are sitting round in the bar-room of a tavern though total strangers to step up and take a drink sometimes they do not require any invitation a friend of mine having had a long ride one day dismounted at a tavern to take more americano some refreshment when to his utter astonishment fourteen men who were sitting around stepped up and loud they would take sugar in darn he paid for the fifteen drinks as it was in strict accordance with the custom of the country but he took care not to go back to that hostelry again the australian gold digger is in many respects different from the californian but still he evinces the same carelessness of money it used to be the custom for these men to come down to some village after they had made a slight pile go each to his favourite public-house and give the money into the landlord's hand with the information that he shouted or asked all and sundry to drink until it was finished then the landlord at intervals would say step up boys it's jim jenkins shout then they all wished jim luck until jim's shout was out and then he went back to his gully proud that he had spent his money like a man on one occasion a miner came down and handed his money over to the landlord but contrary to expectation nobody would respond to his shout he had been a convict and lagged for some grievous offence the man was at his wit's end at last he struck upon the brilliant expedient of engaging an idler at labourer's daily wages eight shillings to drink with him and so he got through his holiday 
no one can tell where a rich mine will be discovered or where it will not even quartz mines which require skill to diagnose have been equally discovered by chance a robber fired at a man standing with his back to a rock but missed as the ball splintered the moss-grown quartz the miner who was attacked saw specks of gold sparkle in the moonlight it afterwards proved one of the richest mines in california two miners about to leave the country just to celebrate the event got on the spudge the night before their intended departure as they were coming home to their cabins in mere foolishness they commenced rolling stones down a slope one of these struck off the point of a rock which on being examined was found rich with specks of gold this changed their plans and they stayed and stayed to some purpose for they afterwards became very wealthy men the honest miner is far from being what may be called a domestic character if he were making five dollars per diem to the hand at greaser's camp and heard that somebody was making six at hellgate canyon in mountain goat gulch the chances are that he would presently disappear to the new el dorado now gold bluff was the point to which all were rushing that failed but it didn't dishearten the men they next rushed in thousands to gold lake and then the cry was fraser river which disappointed so many thousands that eventually it became a matter of as serious personal offence to ask a gentleman if he had been to fraser river as to tell him to go to jericho in eighteen sixty three the infuriated miner was blocking all the mountain trails and washoe was the cry in eighteen sixty four it was blackfoot in eighteen sixty six i saw hundreds rushing through slush and snow for big bend in the heart of the rocky mountains declaring that caribou wasn't a patch on it and that at all events they would see the elephant it is curious that men who have been on the pacific coast since the commencement of gold mining who have knocked about the rocky mountain slopes and have been the victims of a dozen disappointments should be so easily tempted again to risk fortune but it is so and the country would never have been what it is if they had all been as sensible as they might have been this vagabond propensity will fasten on a man who allows himself to sit in front of a frying-pan and a bundle of blankets on the ridge-pole of a sore-backed horse and i verily believe there are many men who if their history were known have travelled more and endured greater hardship in this way than many whose names are famous in the annals of travel and whom the geographical society delights to honour the true seeker after el dorado does not stop at distance or difficulties the pacific coast gold miner does not care to be called like the australian a digger the term in the former region being applied to and associated with a miserable race of indians who inhabit the mountains he likes to be called by the title i have put at the head of this paper the honest miner that he is honest enough as honesty goes in america nobody will deny to the profession as a whole but still there is occasionally the dishonest miner we do not speak of the rascal who is caught stealing gold out of the sluice-box and gets lynched for his pains but of the equally rascally individual who salts a claim before selling it that is he scatters a few pieces through the gravel before the buyer comes to test it in california some of the claims are wrought summer and winter indeed the winter is more favourable than the summer because water is more plentiful 
but in british columbia and in the rocky mountains the frost causes working to be suspended then the claims are laid over and the great body of the miners come down to victoria and other towns to pass the winter months and to spend the money they have made during the summer they also try to dispose of rather doubtful claims at this time and one of the means adopted is to report having struck a good prospect just before leaving it is remarkable to say the least of it how many good prospects are struck in this way the endless swindles connected with quartz companies are i dare say vividly enough in the memory of certain gentlemen in the city of london and elsewhere whose purses were longer than their foresight gold mining will always be a staple industry in the rocky mountain slope and the increased immigration and attention excited by the pacific railroad will greatly increase the business but the old miner will be killed off large companies will work his claims and shoals of new hands will crowd his solitary valleys men who know not the old traditions and have no sympathy with the old manners he himself will meet them half-way and will unconsciously lose many of his characteristics and peculiarities he will get toned down to the duller routine of other workmen as his pursuit takes its place among the industries end of part seven end of the american far west seven mid-nineteenth century views from abroad by anonymous